Hello, fellow writers. Welcome to Writing in Progress. This is Justin Kreps, and I'm joined by John Woolley. How are you doing today, John? Hey, I'm doing doing great. We're looking at a three day weekend, and uh, yeah, maybe we're both teachers. <laughs> so there's a snowstorm on the way. So hey. uh, we're we're full of energy. We're uh, wearing our pajamas backwards. We're putting spoons underneath our pillows. We are we are prepared for the next snow day. Yep, and uh, we're actually recording this on a Friday night at the end of a work week, and that just shows you how excited we are about uh, this episode we came up with, because a lot of you, times... You by... came up with you came up with which <laughs> I right. think is a genius idea. I love <laughs> well, th- it. Well, thank you. Usually at 8.30 on a Friday on a work week, I'm about ready to head to bed, so the yeah. fact that we're, we're jumping on a podcast shows you that we, we think we got something cool here, so... This may end up being a pretty long episode. We we have no idea where this is going to go. <laughs> um, we're excited about it, but we're going to outline a story for you. Um, and so where this kind of inspiration for this idea came from, if you listened to our last episode on endings, you heard that I um, had entered a short story competition. It's the NYC Midnight Short Story Competition. And in this competition... Uh, In the first round, you get assigned a genre, a subject, and a character, and you have eight days and 2,500 words to make a story. But I have access to these forums now from joining this competition, and in this forum, I can see all of the different groups. So over 6,000 authors um, submitted stories to this competition, and they were uh, divided into 218 groups in the first round. And I can see the genre, the subject, and the character for all 218 groups. So I said, John, what if I have you pick a number at random, and we'll just take the genre, uh, subject, and character from that, and let's outline a story together on the podcast. And uh, John seemed really excited about it right away. Yeah, we we have not worked this out. We don't know what <laughs> he has no idea what number I'm going to pick, and uh, this is totally off the cuff. So totally, you talk about writing in progress. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> we're both a little nervous about this, but exciting. So to give a little more background, number one, John and I have never written anything together. I don't think either of us have ever written anything with anyone else. I've never, never. co-authored anything yet. Never. And uh, we were just talking. We we've never even. Um, verbally outlined something like it's going to be kind of interesting to see how our brains work as we yeah. we outline this, uh, and I think we we might learn some things about ourselves along the way that'll be kind of cool. And uh, hopefully, you listening along um, can pick up something from our process. And and if you like this episode, please uh, comment and let us know because we've got 218 groups. We could <laughs> we could <laughs> we could come back to this well a few times if if you guys like it. So. Um, before we pick our prompt, um, I'm going to kind of just go over how I'm planning to outline this, and this could totally change 15 minutes from now, <laughs> but this is kind of our, our plan of attack. So we started out with those eight elements of a story that we have already talked about in the podcast. So I have a section for theme, but I do have a section for primary and a section for secondary, because sometimes you can have a secondary theme. Um, that ends up being pretty good. So in my short story, the primary subject I was given was vulnerability. So a big theme of mine uh, was vulnerability. But as I wrote the story, there was kind of a secondary theme that evolved 
which was all about people being replaceable, especially to large corporations and stuff. Uh, I have a section for setting, so we want to know the time and place, and I kind of like to just outline any scenes. We do have a word count of 2,500 words in the first round, so you can't go too crazy with scenes. In my story, it was really three scenes. I have a section for us to think of a hook, to think of a rough ending. I have a section for humor, which depending on our genre, we may visit, we may not. (laughs) If we get assigned horror, um, there might not be too much humor involved. Um, But I always like to leave a section so that if I think of a joke along the way, and Wooly is probably more likely to think of some humor than I am, we have a place to put it. (laughs) Um, Then voice. Voice is kind of hard to outline, so we're going to give it a shot. There are some decisions we'll have to make about voice. We're going to want to think about our tense. Are we telling this present tense or past tense? We're going to want to think about our point of view, first person, third person, uh, and then our distance from point of view. Do we want this to be an omniscient third person point of view or a limited third person point of view? This might ring some bells from eighth grade language arts. Uh, That's okay. That's good. That that stuff comes back, man. Uh, And then I also have a section under voice just for tone. You know, do we want our voice to be lighthearted? Do we want it to be mysterious? Do How do we want our voice to sound? I have a huge section for plot. Um, I don't know how specific we're going to outline the plot, but I always leave myself room to kind of, because I kind of almost like to map it out. I almost like to draw arrows and, and all sorts of things like that. I have a large section for characters. Now, if you're outlining a novel, you might need pages and pages for characters. In a 2,500-word short story, usually you're limited to two or three characters um, that you can develop with any sort of real depth. I also always leave a section when I'm outlining for quotes. I find my brain just kind of, they just pop into my brain randomly. You know, I might be outlining a character and I'm thinking, oh, this guy would say this at some point, and I don't want to lose that line. So I leave myself a section for quotes. And we're almost done here. We'll get to the action in just a second. Lots, lots I want to outline before we go. Outline or outline. (laughs) (laughs) Um, When you submit to NYC Midnight, you have to have a title and a one to two sentence description of your story. I think it would be good if we could get that far at least today. Have a title for our story and come up with a little bit of a description. So that's what we have planned. Uh, we'll see if, if we hit like the hour mark and we're only halfway done, we might have to break this into <laughs> a couple episodes or something. We'll or maybe maybe we just roll through with it. We'll see. We roll. We'll see how we're going. So John, the ball is going to be in your court now. All right. There are 218 groups, but please do not pick group 73 because that's the one I already am in. So we're not going to rewrite the story I already wrote. Uh, so you can pick any number besides 73 or yeah, besides 73 from one to 218. Well, uh, in high school and college, I played basketball. It was pretty successful. It's probably the reason I got to go to college. And nice. I was always the same number, and that was number 41. Number 41. 41. All right. Give me a second to find number 41 here. We are on number 41. Ooh, this one's tough. <laughs> we we <Perfect>. might. We, <laughs> so you actually have a little experience in this from what I've talked about with you before. Um, this is interesting. I, I have, I'm very rough on this. So it's historical fiction. Okay. Historical fiction, turn of the century. 
I guess it doesn't say which century, but it does say turn of the century. And the character is an opportunist. So okay. the, the genre is historical fiction. Yep. The subject is turn of the century. And um, the character is an opportunist. Now, uh, NYC Midnight does give you a brief description of each genre. So let's read uh, their description of historical fiction real quick. It says, a story that takes place in a setting drawn from history. Historical fiction is usually presented from the perspective of the historical characters whose behavior is consistent with the manners and social norms of the time. Scenes and dialogue are well-researched and imaginatively reconstructed to be as authentic as possible. I'm going to take a quick pause here because I think this is why it's kind of tough for this scenario to do historical fiction. We're not going to have time to do much research. No, I got I an actually, idea. I, got I an do idea. too. I, I wonder if we're on the same wavelength here. I don't know. Common elements, believability, historically accurate detail, authentic dialogue, historical settings and persons, while there are no rules on how far in the past a story must be set to qualify as a historical fiction piece, many are in agreement that the story must be set at least 25 years or more in the past. The idea I have is 21 years in the past. I don't know if that was... Mine, mine would be true turn, turn of the century. Okay, okay. So it's um, historical fiction books include um, Michael Shera's The Killer Angels, and Toni Morrison's Beloved. Historical fiction films include Schindler's List from 1993 and Letters from Iwo Jima 2006. So let's start with just first impressions, where our ideas are going with this. Um, mine doesn't qualify, so uh, let's go. I've done a lot of talking. Let's hear your idea first. Let's break this up a little. Okay, we're going to go uh, early 1900s. I'm going 1905, potentially. Okay. Uh, this is going to be Edison versus Tesla, is what oh, I'm thinking. Edison versus Tesla. Two very historical characters. Uh, and a little background here. Uh, mm -hmm. Tesla was an immigrant okay. and an absolute genius. Okay. Absolute genius. Edison was uh, not necessarily a genius, very, very hardworking. Uh, he had started multiple companies. He's most famous for the light bulb. But what he realizes is he needs to get into electricity because electricity is the game that's just starting. And his light bulbs are worthless without electricity. So literally, <laughs> right before this, people are riding horses around and lighting their houses with lanterns, burning mm. things down all the time. And all of a sudden, we have a way to make electricity. We yeah. can make electricity. We can send it to houses. This is totally going to work. And he wants to get into the electricity game. And he comes up with what's called direct current, where you basically make electricity and you send it somewhere. And uh, it's very powerful. And it doesn't work very well over long distances. Okay. That's, that's his problem. So he gets in a fight with Tesla. He hires Tesla to solve multiple problems. Tesla is a genius. He solves all these mechanical problems he had in a very short amount of time. And supposedly Edison promised him a bunch of money. Hmm. And then said, I was just joking. That was a joke. Maybe some type of... Uh, uh, rudeness to an immigrant going on here. There's mm -hmm. a lot of 
we're not sure of, which gives us a real opportunity for historical fiction. Right. Real opportunity. Tesla gets mad, joins a guy named Westinghouse. Mm-hmm. And he comes up with what's called alternating current, AC current, mm-hmm. AC current. And they go to war. So that is my setting. That is my theme. That right. is that is what I'm coming up with on this one. So I know a little bit about uh, Tesla and Edison. Um, you'd think as an engineer, you know, I think as an engineer, you need to know at least a little bit about AC and DC and all that yes. kind of stuff. Um, but I'm not, I'm by no means an expert. I'm sure you know more about it than I do. Um, when I think of stories involving those two, um, I forget, was it? Was it Nolan who did it? Was it uh, was it called the Prestige? Yeah, yeah. I think it. Well, I think it might have been Nolan. I should know as a Nolan fanboy. Um, but that they—that's kind of a historical fiction, and or, right, and with and it involves a magician. And but it's really cool, really really cool movie. If you haven't seen it, um, but I like the idea. I'm going to tell you the idea that kind of first came to mind to me. Um, it doesn't meet the 25 year. Um, Mark, so we probably will go with yours. Uh, but right. I thought it would be kind of fun to do kind of a Y2K-themed story as historical fiction because uh, it's close. Yeah. It's close. Yeah. And um, <laughs> maybe like an alternate reality where Y2K was actually as bad as we all feared. Um, oh, like, so yeah, like, yeah. Because I was pretty young when Y2K happened, not to, not to date myself and John differently, <laughs> but I, I, it, when Y2K happened, I would have been 11 years old. Um, so I wasn't like, I didn't have an adult's understanding of it. I was teaching I, at the school we now teach at. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But I remember everyone freaking out that, you know, all the computers were going to go haywire and, and nothing was going to work after you know, when the, when the ball struck midnight and then of course it, it comes and, and nothing happens at all. So, um, kind of a turn of the, the only turn of the century and, and you must have experienced, <laughs> um, was of course, um, from the 20 to 21st century. So that was an idea I had that maybe would be fun without much research. Cause we could, um, kind right. of do it off. We both cover. lived it. Yeah. Right. Uh, so that was I my think when idea. they say turn of the century, they mean 1900. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's kind of a right. given. I think now, a given is when you say turn of the century, I think they mean 1800s to 1900s. Now, I will say, because I read up a lot um, on NYC Midnight, um, all of the um, themes and subjects are open to interpretation. Oh! Um, they, wonder, they're very clear about that. I wonder how much room there would be there. Yeah, they said, like, as long as you can basically make an argument that it relates to the subject... Um, so I think honestly, and sometimes in these types of competitions, I like to try and think of it creatively to stand out in some way. So I don't think that would necessarily be a horrible strategy to take. Um, I don't think so either. Yeah. But let's, uh, for for just to be a little bit more traditionally historical fiction, let's go down the rabbit hole with Tesla and Edison a little bit. So, um, probably going to be leaning on you quite a bit here because I think you have a lot more kind of understanding of of everything that went down. Um, but we will still have um, lots we can build story-wise. I also with this. thought uh, one of our themes is opportunist and Tesla. Correct. Definitely fits into that, but I think Edison does as well. Edison right. does as well. Right. Yep. I think both of them were in, in different ways. Um, so... Um, let me see here. So the first thing I have written down is theme. Okay. Um, 
and so the subject for my short story fit theme really well. And it seems like most of them do, but I actually don't think turn of the century is really a theme. Um, so I think we have a little more um, freedom in picking what the um, theme might be. I, I think seizing opportunity might be kind of a primary theme. I agree. Seizing opportunity is good. Maybe maybe greed. I think my secondary one would probably be greed. Uh, Exploitation. Yeah, definitely that. There's definitely a a competition uh, almost slash revenge theme in this as well. Okay. So um, just thinking about where our story could go, um, some ideas that pop into mind for me real quick um what if we had um tesla plotting revenge against edison Mm -hmm. Uh, i think that's a a potential storyline uh we could have an alternate history storyline where tesla somehow came out on top and his idea um, you know, and how would how would that be different? Uh, he did come out on top. We all use AC power now. Well, <laughs> but I guess that's true. But who, I guess, who found more um, success out of the two of them? Wasn't it Edison that was credited with the invention and and made it big? A or am I missing the movie and all those things? But uh, in this area, Westinghouse definitely beat Edison. So okay. Gotcha. With the help of with the help of Tesla, so you have to Westinghouse can be our uh, one of our secondary characters. He's definitely in competition with Edison. Okay, so Edison kind of exploited Tesla. Yeah, um, Tesla so got he, angry, left, joined up with Westinghouse. Okay, I, I missed that part of the raw story. AC power to him. Okay, so Tesla originally came up with DC power for Edison. No, then when Edison, he switched, Edison already had DC power. Oh, okay, okay, Tesla okay, okay. left, went to Westinghouse and said, "Hey, I think I got a better idea." Cool. Which it totally was a better idea. Uh, yeah. I've also heard, and I don't know how much of this is myth versus actual historical, um, and but it's historical fiction, so we can play with right. myths all we want. Exactly. Uh, there's, there's a, a lot, lot of stuff not known here. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff about like Tesla having these. Um, different inventions and ideas that were like way ahead of his time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've heard this as well. And I think there's, there's something we could go with on that. Interesting. Interesting. So setting is kind of more set in place for us. Well, I want to think about it a little bit on a micro scale. So I think it'll have to be East coast. Okay. It'll be somewhere 1905 ish. Okay. Say. So that still qualifies as turn of the century. Um, so when we actually break down the scenes, we want to think about our plot a little bit more before we actually break down. Because, yes, we want an East Coast. We want it 1905, 1906. But are these people going to be, uh, you know, at a at a function and they meet up? Are they going to be in a lab somewhere? Right. You know, right. what, what, what on a micro level, what, where are we going to have our characters kind of uh, meet? I think Edison was in New Jersey, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. So just a note to listeners right now, this is the type of thing you would definitely research. Um, you know, you would, you would, if we, if you decided you were going to go with Edison versus Tesla, 
you would probably spend a day or two at least on a short story, probably a day or two when you have eight days <laughs> to write it is all they give you. Um, you'd probably spend a day or two, maybe go to the Wikipedia page even just to get kind of this information. Um, John and I, I'm, we're going to rely all on John's knowledge of, <laughs> of this in this case. Uh, he's all kind right, of a trivia buff. Let's, uh, I have a good idea for hook. Okay. I have an idea. So, Edison realizes direct power is probably not going to work. You're going to have to have a power plant within two miles of every house. So basically, it'll work in the cities, but rural people will never get power. Uh, but DC power does is very effective. Um, actually, that big brick that attaches to your uh, power cord to your computer, mm-hmm. that is changing AC power back into DC power. So it is yep. effective. Uh, but long term, he, he realized he's probably going to lose. Now, this is where rumors and things come together. Edison decides that he's going to use the newspapers to scare everyone about AC power. So okay. he invites reporters in and uh, hooks up some AC power in his lab and electrocutes a dog. Says, report that. Uh, remember this turn of the century. Right, newspapers right. are your only way to get what's going on. And uh, they had a morning and night newspaper, morning and afternoon newspaper a lot of times. Uh, so then he electrocutes a horse and then his big, big thing to scare everyone is a uh, elephant. I believe its name was Trumbo. Uh, an elephant had killed someone. It was an elephant that people rode on as part of like a carnival type thing. And they decided the elephant would die. And uh, the elephant was electrocuted. Not only that, uh, this would be one of the very first motion pictures ever created is of an elephant being electrocuted inhumanely. Um, the people who shot the film just happened to be the people who owned everything to do with film owned by Mr. Edison. Edison claims he had nothing to do with this. It was a bad look and he wiped his hands of it and said, I had nothing to do with this. I had nothing to do with the film, despite it being Edison movies that it is the film. Mm -hmm. Uh, And all the things that had to go into uh, electrocuting an elephant. So one scene you could do, would be kind of a near the end of the story look back is an elephant being electrocuted. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, uh, that's really Trumbo, Trumbo being electrocuted using AC power and people mm-hmm. making it clear. AC power, if it goes in your house, this is what could happen to you. Yeah, uh, that's really interesting. That uh, brings in some like themes of like desperation. and. Oh, yeah. Um, and it, supposedly Edison knew at this point he probably wasn't going to win and we're going to build 10,000 power plants. Right. Um, so there, again, there's, there's, this could go either way, but that's a scene that could be a hook. You're not going to see that scene anywhere else. Right. Um, yeah. That'd be an interesting scene to open up to. Um, you know, even like the moment we enter the story is the moment they throw the switch, you know, the opening line talks right. about, Right. Um, you know, yeah. the elephant being electrocuted. And you could describe that in a really kind of shocking and intriguing way. Um, I think that could serve as a really good hook. So maybe we can make a pencil uh, mark there on hook. The historical part of it is true. The fiction part is no one knows if Edison was really involved in this. Uh, right. Some people think he wasn't. That gives you room to play. How involved right. was 
Tesla at this point? How involved was Westinghouse at this point? How involved was Edison at this point? Mm-hmm. Um, these are all things that are no one really knows. Uh, but as a writer, this is where you find opportunity. Yeah, no, I think there's something there. So I made a I made a quick note on Hook, Electrocuted Elephant. I think that would be an interesting scene to enter on. Um, Another option on Hook that I'm coming up with is sure. supposedly Tesla is beyond genius. And he right. can solve quantum mechanics in his head. He can solve just incredibly difficult things in his head that people have to write out on, you know, the old almost uh, uh, cartoon blackboard full of numbers and things like that. Uh, Mm -hmm. Supposedly he could look at things, mechanical problems and and you're a mechanical engineer with background in that. He could not write anything down and just get right to the answer. And it would be right. And supposedly he solved over a hundred of these that Edison's guys had been working on for a long time and they couldn't figure them out. So that would be kind of an interesting hook too, is maybe a bunch of things set up, a bunch of mechanical things set up, and Tesla just going down the line with Edison and being like, here's how you solve this one. Here's how you solve this one. Here's how you solve that one. And mm-hmm. then maybe Edison making some kind of snar- snide remark after he solves them. And then he says, hey, I want my money. And Edison says no. Yeah. I was joking. I was joking the whole time. Yeah. Okay. So there's another hook. There's two possible hooks. Yeah. Um, cool. So... Uh, I think we've got kind of an interesting start. Who are we making our main character? So are we telling this from the perspective? Because I think that's going to drive our plot, right? I agree. I agree. Uh, We almost have to decide something on ending to decide who our main character is. Yeah. So where are we going with this? I think we've got an interesting, I think we found an interesting subject area. And we've got kind of an interesting place to enter the story. But where... Where do we want to go with this? What, what's That's our a great question? What's I'm our we sure. need we need a conflict. We need we do. A, and we need a conflict that can be resolved in two thousand five hundred words too. Right. Uh, um, right. So, uh, I mean, to me, the way that my brain t- seems to be going with this is a story of vengeance. It's a story of. Um, you know, Edison saw himself as better than Tesla, right? He took advantage of him. And then Tesla, or sorry, yeah, Tesla comes back around and ends up kind of beating Edison, right? Um, and Edison always has this inferiority complex. Keep in mind that Edison was homeschooled by his mom, and she said, I had to take you out of school because the teacher said you're way too smart. That is not true. In reality, the teacher said, you are not smart enough. Hmm. So Edison forever has a complex and feels that he needs to outwork the competition, which serves him very well, which serves him very well. To me, um, in my voice, I like to go first person. I don't know if we would go first person here. Um, I don't know that I would either. Yeah. Um, But just as an author who tends to go first person, um, where my mind is going is going into Edison. uh, Because I think you could write a lot of inner turmoil there. Yeah, uh, and I think you could play a lot with that. And I think um, Tesla would be much easier to view 
from an outside perspective. I think I it'd agree. be very hard to put yourself in Tesla's head, right? I agree. Uh, it's hard to explain genius. You know, it's much easier to look at genius and say, oh, that's genius. Right. Um, right. Rather than, you know, actually, it would be what's much harder inner, to write. What's the inner workings of genius would be harder when Edison, as the everyday man, would be right. easier. Plus, his. And everyone's insecure about things. Everyone's right. insecure and about his, things. Edison's insecurities are well documented. While mm-hmm. I feel that uh, Tesla's a little bit more of a mystery, which opens things up in some ways with Tesla, but I'm with you. I would probably, I might go first person Edison. I think I would definitely focus on Edison, whether I would do first person or third person limited or which one I would do. I think my point of view would center around Edison. Um, I like and that. I, let's do that. Yeah. So let's, uh, down let's here. Go with Edison. I really like that. Yeah, so characters, we're going to focus on Edison. And, you know, and maybe I'm misinterpreting this, because, again, this is not an area I am super um, familiar with. But I feel like recent rhetoric is Edison was kind of the bad guy almost, right? Like he took advantage of Tesla. So, and if you notice a lot of very popular stories lately, uh, the main character is the bad guy. You know, you think right. of Breaking Bad, you think of Ozark, you think, you know, it's it's these, these. okay, we're, we're following a main character. We find ourselves rooting for a main character, even though he is a bad guy. Uh, and I think but we I could think maybe do something. Edison and the public already has a view of him as a bad guy, uh, whether true or not. It gives us an opening to explain why am I a exactly. bad guy or exactly. I'm not really a bad guy. You've construed what has really happened to me in my life. Yeah, I think there's something there. Um, So if we're really going to make this character-driven, focused on Edison, and again, I'm biased because this is my voice I usually go with, I would probably write it first person. I like first person. I like Edison first person. Let's do that. Let's go Edison first person on voice. Yes, let's do it. I like it. Okay. And our tone... In our voice, I liked, uh, we kind of mentioned inner turmoil, insecurity. I think you would research Edison and you would find, and somehow in your tone with him, in your voice with him, you have a hardworking guy. You have a guy that's always paranoid that he's not smart enough, uh, that someone's going to get something over on him. But at the same time, he has that opportunist spirit because he started so many different things. He has so many patents. He has so many other people working for him. Uh, so you've got to, I don't think that his language would be flowery. Right. I think his language would be the everyday man. I agree. Um, here's a question. I'm going to ask the trivia expert here. So at this point in his career, how established is Edison? Has he already had inventions or yeah. is he like trying to get his breakthrough? He's patented the light bulb. He's patented the movie. He okay. owns it. You can't do movies without him. You can't do light bulbs without him. He owns the rights to the filament uh, and the light bulbs. He owns, he has hundreds of patents. So at this, at this point, he's already uh, invented more than many people would make in a lifetime. His name is already going to be in the history books, but yet he still feels insecure. I think that he also has a fear that other people are going to realize that he has hired a whole bunch of people to help him in these inventions. That it's not just him. 
So I just listened to a podcast recently by a friend of mine about the imposter syndrome. Uh, and it's about how even like people who are really good in their field sometimes feel like they don't belong. Yes. Uh, and I think there would be with this. Yeah. I feel like there would be um, an interesting, if we almost wrote it, like what if Edison had the imposter syndrome? I love uh, where you're going with this. Yeah. I think Edison that with the imposter syndrome. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I think we got something fun there. So, so the uh, imposter syndrome, which most people are, uh, Maybe not hugely familiar with. The idea behind it is it's a psychological thing, kind of a, a game you play on yourself. Even if people are really good at something, they always have a fear that somebody's going to find out that they're really not who they are pretending to be. Uh, such as if you're an amazing athlete, you you always have this fear that, hey, everyone's going to find out that I've just been on really good teams. Or if you're a, a famous writer, my next book, probably going to sell seven copies and everybody's going to know. I've, I've even uh, played with imposter syndrome in my own mind. I can remember being in college and thinking, you know, someday they're going to knock on this door and be like, Hey, you had a good run, but uh, you you shouldn't be here. And me just standing up with my stuff. Like, yep, you got me. So I think everybody's uh, uh, familiar with that. And so I love the idea of Edison with imposter syndrome. I love it. And that can really drive so many of his actions. Yeah. So I think we've nailed a big part of our story here. So if you go back and listen to our um, Ranking the Story Elements episode, both John and I had characters rated one. And I think we've stumbled onto a pretty interesting main character. Um, So I think we've... Edison is our main character. Yes. And told by his point of view with imposter syndrome. Yep. Then we have our true-to-life Tesla, who is truly a genius. Correct. Not a lot is known about, so we can play with that. Yeah, and then talk about I think imposter syndrome. <laughs> you got Tesla over here. <laughs> yeah. A secondary one uh, would be Westinghouse. And you almost okay. want to think of uh, uh, Jeff Bezos versus okay. Mark Zuckerberg when you talk about Edison versus Westinghouse. Okay. And they're just looking to how can I get one up on this guy? How can okay. I be one more past him? So I'm trying to think of in our story, how do we put these guys head to head? Like what, what, how do we? What if Edison sees his chance with Tesla's genius, but his imposter syndrome gets in the way? Mm. So if he fires i don't know if that'd be the right word but he cuts ties with tesla because he's worried people will realize he's not really a genius if yes. they see him with tesla yes yeah i think that's interesting Tesla's getting a little too big for his britches yeah um i like that so maybe and we could even play a little bit with tesla's figured out ac electricity mm-hmm. with edison's equipment okay so Tesla has, while working for Edison, discovered technology that will make Edison's obsolete. Yes, Is that correct? that's perfect. Okay. Yes. Uh, and right. then he's dealing with deep-seated insecurities and imposter syndrome and has to conflict that. I think that's good. Um, so if we're going with that as our main conflict, um, we probably go with the hook Maybe the hook is, I think we have two options with hook here. Um, So one is maybe the hook is the moment 
Edison realizes what a genius Tesla is. Um, yes, I really like that. Yeah, and yeah, we I'll have some. Okay, so we have some sort of, you know, set piece where Tesla shows how much of a genius he is. You know, Edison shows him this thing that's had him stumped for months, and he's showing it just to kind of almost like uh, discourage the kid, right? Like, right, oh, he right. he'd never be able to get this, and I've then Tesla's been working on this for. Yeah, and and Tesla fig- cracks it in two minutes, and right. and all of a sudden Edison has to face uh, the reality of, oh, whoa, this guy's out of my league. Yes. You know? <laughs> I, I even picture Edison handing Tesla paper, pencil, and Tesla pushing it aside saying, I don't need that. Yeah, I like that. So um, I like where that's going. So I think that could be kind of a hook. And, and then, because we're using first person, in Edison's mind, we can have him saying to himself, self-doubt, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. No, um, he knows it. I never, mm-hmm. I got kicked out of school. I, mm-hmm. I, no one ever thought I was smart enough. And now they're all going to know. They're all going to know because of him, because of Tesla. So he can take this imposter syndrome, turn his anger towards Tesla. Yeah. The other thing we can do with hook, we can almost have like two hooks. Um, this was the other kind of option I had going back to your electrocuted elephant thing. Um, to me, that just really is interesting. Uh, and the visuals we could do with that are crazy. Um, and I think that's something that not a lot of people have heard about and would be really an, an interesting way to hook it. We could almost do like, and it's almost cliche to do this sometimes, but the flash forward flashback. Yeah. So we have this opening scene with the elephant where um, Edison has lost. He's desperate. Um, he's, you know, we're going to pretend he set it up you know, with the historical fiction piece. And he's just, he's literally resorted to killing animals to try and bring down Tesla, right? Right, right. Um, and, and he's then, going to throw everything at it. So he owns movies. He yeah. owns the first movie cameras. He owns the rights to all of these things. Yeah. He's exceedingly powerful. Keep in mind, Tesla has Westinghouse behind him. So Yeah. So maybe we start with just that jarring opening scene real quick. I'm thinking you know, 500 words, um, just yeah. setting the scene saying like, how did this man Edison supposed to be, you know, we history remembers him as a genius inventor, right? right. Why, why was this man so genius? What made him so, or sorry, why was this man so, man so desperate? What made him electrocute an elephant? Then we flash back. We would have to do research to find, you know, is it a year earlier or what? And we go to that other hook scene where he realizes Tesla is a genius and yeah. we kind of, from there, I mean, now this is the trouble with the 2,500 word count. Right. By the time we've done those two scenes, we're probably well over halfway. Yes, um, I agree. We basically... I think, I think there, there are two bookends, though, in that you can, you can have the elephant scene. Mm-hmm. This is where Edison ended up. Yeah. Then, how did we get there? Mm-hmm. We have Edison, we have Tesla showing Edison as genius. Yeah. And Edison with imposter syndrome afraid, now I'm going to be exposed. This exactly. is it. This yes, is exactly. It. And my actions become worse and worse. That's, I like that. I'm trying to think of where we could go scene by scene wise. Maybe we have the elephant quick flash forward scene at the beginning, mm-hmm. the ending. Our readers hooked, how did he get here? You know, how did he get so desperate? 
we flash back, we have him meet Tesla, who confirms all of the self-doubt imposter syndrome he has inside of him already. And this guy is literally like a legit genius who's who's confirming all of those feelings. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Edison, I think we have to show him as a good person then, but not... How did we get from... We have to show exactly. that he changed. He exactly. was not a person who would electrocute an elephant. Right. To a That's person character arc. who would do yeah. anything yes. to scare the American public into accepting DC power and rejecting AC power. Yes, I like that. And that's, you know, we were talking about endings. What makes a good ending? Just last episode, we talked about character arcs, right? And how do we go from here to there? Um, So after those first two scenes, I think, and this is the trouble with a short story and having to skip forward. I think we go to a scene three of Edison firing Tesla. Um, You know, he's had time to absorb all this self-doubt, maybe snowball it a little bit. He's decided his only option is to get rid of the threat, you know, to get right. rid of this guy who's going to outshow right. him. We have a dramatic scene where he um, confronts Tesla and basically says, you're out. And Tesla, I, th- I would imagine, gets very mad. <laughs> he did get very mad. He did yeah. get very mad. Supposedly his next job, he was digging ditches. Um, before Westinghouse came to him. Uh, right. I also think that on his way out, Tesla lets Edison know that he knows something that will ruin him. I like that. I like that gives more fear. And then, like I said from the beginning, I thought I think we only have words for about four scenes. I think the I next, agree. I think the next skip forward is a pretty substantial skip forward in time, where Tesla has been working with at Westinghouse, and Edison realizes. I've been beaten. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know if we would have to play with it, the ending and see if it fits right. Um, but basically or something where Medi- Edison's been beating and it's something in his house that has electricity. And he realizes that everything in his house is alternating current. Everything yeah. in his house is alternating current. Maybe he's driving somewhere and, you know, early cars, he's been early cars. He's driving and he realizes that the DC, the direct current power plants that he envisioned, and he built some, he actually built some, he, uh-huh. he started DC power in the cities, uh, was never going to have something retrospective. Now these are big blocks and we could move them around. So we could go in right in chronological order. We could have the Edison with Tesla and Tesla solving those problems. Like you earlier stated, right. We could have the angry Edison firing Tesla and Tesla letting him know I have something that's going to ruin you. Then we have Tesla joining up with Westinghouse to some degree. And maybe because of our word count, we have to cut the Westinghouse character and make him some kind of dark money type person or throw the the name out there that people would know. Yeah, I think that would just be a name throw. And then we would have Edison becoming more and more desperate. The electrocuting of the elephant and then the the resolution, which will have to be very sure of Edison realizing that he's been beat. So what I was kind of thinking when I said, I was kind of thinking Edison's realized he's been beaten, but like chronologically before the elephant, if that makes sense. Like when's the moment he realizes I have to start electrocuting animals to try and beat this person? Oh, that's a good point. So 
that's that's and kind the, of the, and the animals get bigger and bigger, and that is true to true to fact. Yeah. Now we don't know if he was involved in the elephant at all, but we right. do know he was involved in smaller animal scare tactics against right. the Kurt. So, um, what if uh, the the kind of closing line um, I kind of had in mind was he has this moment where he realizes he can't beat Tesla and Westinghouse. They have the better technology. He, he can't beat them legit. Right. And basically an assistant, you know, some minor, sm- small, insignificant side character says, you know, Mr. Edison, what do we do now? And he says, I'm going to need an animal. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you have you have that moment where you realize, oh, shit, we've we've come back to where we started. Right. <laughs> or you say uh, something along the lines of uh, maybe he's like, I'm going to have to go bigger. How big of an animal? Yeah. Big as there is or something along those lines. I like that. I like that as big as there is. Yeah. And so that I, cause I love ending where we started and all that kind of stuff. So I think that moment is, is a kind of a cool ending spot. I like that. too. So I think that would be a cool four scenes. We have the electrocuted elephant as a jarring hook that grabs everyone's attention. We go back to, uh, Edison realizing Tesla is a genius and that awakening all these insecurities and imposter syndrome. Yep. We shift forward to Edison firing Tesla because he's intimidated by him. He, right. His pride doesn't let him work with him. Uh, right. And then, you know, Tesla obviously gets mad and says, I'm going to, I'm going to ruin you. I'm, I'm going to go. I have something that will put your stuff to shame, whatever. And then we shift forward to a very quick final scene where Edison comes to realize his stuff was better than mine. And he's now descended into a desperate place where he's going to start electrocuting animals to try and scare people away from this technology. And I think that's a pretty neat four scene story. I think that is a good four scene story. Um, I love the hook where we can build up. They actually built, you think what it would take to, to, electrocute an elephant uh, yeah. actually built a special helmet for this elephant and uh special uh wooden shoes because wood's not a good conductor and you can't mm-hmm. have it just going into the ground uh and they they hook this elephant up and actually if you look up on youtube the video of it the movie still exists it's one of the very first movies ever shot interesting uh, so you got i love it i love the idea of this four scenes coming together Um, Mm -hmm. I think we've got a good story here. I do too. So kind of looking through our skeleton of our outline, we've got a theme of our theme really, I think came back to insecurity. Yeah, Uh, I agree. uh, I think that's what our theme ended up being imposter syndrome insecurity. We have a setting. We have four clear scenes um, that we can set up. Uh, We, I would, I think a lot of these are going to take place. Um, we would probably, we'd have to look more. I mean, if there's video of the elephant, we could kind of there see is. that setting. Um, and for, um, I don't know when I, I when I'm picturing test the second scene, Edison realizing Tesla's a genius. I'm picturing like a lab, um, you know, with with some sort of mechanical problem that's unsolvable. We could do some description there. When I think of uh, firing, I'm picturing I think Edison an had a whole area set up. Uh, I think it was called Edison Park. He had warehouses, okay. and he had a huge amount of people working for him at this time. So, and then um, 
The firing scene, I'm picturing an office. I love describing an office. I don't know why. It's just, I feel like you can, there's a lot of little things in there you can it's use. Like a turn and, of the century office. A turn of the yeah. century office is perfect. You got the, the fan with no screen on it. Just there the you go. Turning. You, yeah, got, yeah. Uh, you got the rudimentary typewriter. Uh, you got, you know, just some of these things. So uh, one thing, this is something I like to do. We, this would take research. I'm not going to know what it is off the top of my head. I would have something in his office that in the year 1905 was becoming outdated. And he oh. is going to notice that thing when he's realizing that his, uh, his Tesla ha- is beating him. <laughs> uh, you know, that thing is going to be taunting him in his office. Now, I don't know off the top of my head what that thing would be, but that is something I would research. What's a piece of technology that is becoming outdated at that time? Uh, and that is definitely going to be sitting on his desk. That's what that I love doing. That's how I love setting a scene. I love I to like pick that. a little. I love to pick a little detail and just let the scene grow from that. I love that. And you can come back to that, and you can come back to it. You know, I think Citizen Kane, Rosebud. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. If you can tie that detail to a theme, that's that's perfection. You know, that's that's what we're going for as authors. Yeah. Another thing setting thought I had was the final scene. Um, I would have it take place in the exact location of the second scene. So the it's going to happen in the exact same spot where he realized Tesla was a genius. That's going to be the spot where he realizes Tesla has won. So it wow. will be in Edison Park in that very same uh, location. Cool. Any, any other thoughts you have in, as far as setting goes? I think that you do some research here because you've really got to turn your mindset into what was going on at the turn of the century, which was a huge time of change. Remember, Edison was behind records. Edison is now behind movies. Edison is behind the light bulb. So he is huge, Mm -hmm. not necessarily in inventing all these things. He's more in perfecting these items. But keep in mind, you say he's crazy to, to, you know, electrocute these animals. Keep in mind, People get all their information from newspapers and what those people in those newspapers write, people take as fact. And if they write AC power will kill you, Mm -hmm. people would be very scared. Yeah. People would be very scared. So I think we can make it. I think we can make his crazy idea believable to him because of the time period. Yeah. 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 I like that. So I think we have our ending. Humor, I don't think is going to apply too much in this one. This doesn't strike me as a humorous story. <laughs> uh, you might be able to find some funny lines. I, I right. think supposedly right. Edison always wore the same dumpy clothes. There's uh, some little things that you could you sure. might be able to pull out there. But you're right. You're right. This is not humorous in tone. There may be some amusing things. Yeah. To me, the the I think the one scene that could maybe have an element of humor to it is the moment that Tesla kind of shows him up, you know, I think you could be kind of funny with that, like, you know, really build it up as this is this impossible problem. And let me show this punk. He doesn't know anything. And then you have that moment. Edison was famously cantankerous. So that, that does allow itself for maybe a humorous episode where he famously can't get along with anyone. Interesting. Yeah. So this is me just talking, coming off of doing this competition the 2,500 words is so tight. Um, oh, you've yeah. really just got to. 
Yeah, so I feel like there are some probably some opportunities where if this were a 10,000 word story, we'd be able to, oh yeah, we can make this some cantankerous side scenes that are really funny yeah. and add a little bit of that element. I feel like in this, it's got to be so streamlined, especially like, you think about it, four scenes, even if we go, you know, pretty average across the four scenes, you're, you're talking about, you know, 600 words per scene. 600 words is not a lot of words. So, um, it's, let me ask you this as yeah. you're writing this, mm-hmm. do you overwrite and then trust yourself to cut back? How close do you stick to that 2,500? Would it be possible for you just to start writing this and say, I'm going to get a rough draft out, even if it's 4,000 words and I'm going to cut it down as needed? Yes and no. Um, I don't, I write it the way I want to write it and I know I'm going to cut stuff. So I'm going to go over the 2,500 words initially. That being said, if I'm over 3,500, I know I've got problems. Right. (laughs) We have our four scenes and you don't want to have to cut a whole scene. Exactly. Exactly. So that makes sense. Yeah. I I keep an eye on it. I, I have a goal, right? So when I'm writing these four scenes, I know that if each scene is 600 words, all right, that's going to bring me to right. 2,400, which is right under it, right? So uh, let's say my first scene is only 500 words because it's kind of just a quick hook. Um, yeah. Well, now I've got another 100 words to play with. I feel like that dialogue scene between Tesla and Edison in scene three might go a little bit over because I, I feel like that's right. going to be a very emotionally charged thing. Yeah. Uh, so maybe that one we plan on being 700 words, you know? And so I try to have a goal, um, but you're right when – when it when you finish your if you come out at two thousand six hundred you're fine you can, you can cut that yes I think also since we're doing historical fiction scene is going to be really important and we're going to have to allocate more words to scene that we might otherwise because right. we need people to feel like hey this is turn of the century we need them to think hey you know cars are just coming on the scene most there's still people riding around on horses. There's lots of people that don't have electricity. Uh, yeah. Many people, the only music they've ever heard is live. And when yeah. Edison comes out with these things, they are changing their lives. That's very true. That's a really good point. So, so a thought I had, I kind of like um, the fact that we're jumping through time so much in these scenes, because I think to start each scene, we can literally just like put a date. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Um, the thought entered my mind at one point, it doesn't work. So we're not going to do this, but just to kind of show you where my head was going for a second, half an hour ago, I thought of the idea of journal, uh, journal entries, um, oh, what yeah, if we yeah. did this as journal entries yeah. and then you could date it. Um, that doesn't work, but I think you could I think, just date it period. Exactly. Date immediately says to that person without using too many words, this is the time, but you're exactly. still going to need those descriptors. Totally. You're going to have to somehow totally pry the reader of today away from the things that they're so used to. Agreed. 100% agree. That is, that has to be a focus when you're writing historical fiction. I do think the date trick is nice to subconsciously already kind of put them there. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> it yeah. kind of makes them look for like, oh, this is, you know, 1906. Why, you know, and then when they yeah. hear those, those, those references, they'll be like, ah, yeah, you know, they're, they're just kind of primed for it a little quicker. Um, cool. We talked about voice. We're going to do, we didn't talk. I I would write it present tense. Um, 
especially if we're doing dates. I totally stuff. agree. I think so the I voice would, calls for that. Yes. I think it's present tense. We are directly in Edison's head. We are getting his thoughts the same time he is. We are feeling what he's feeling. We're feeling the insecurities. We're feeling the self-doubt. We're, we're feeling all of those things. So, yeah, I think voice is present tense, first person in Edison. So I have an idea with that. And this is another one that we probably wouldn't do, but I might play with it. Is almost like a Lord of the Rings in a different font. Edison saying something to himself, maybe some type of mantra. They're going to figure it out. They're going to learn. They're going to know. Yeah. Uh, uh, something keeps coming back. This fear of everyone's going to figure it out. You know, yeah. and I, uh, so like a recurring line. Um, yeah, I kind of like that. Um, Another twist at the end that I just that I was just thinking of is. Addison realizing he's going to lose, but determined that he's going to be remembered and Tesla is not. Mm, yeah. Which kind of happened. It, is, it did happen. Tesla yeah. car company, but you ask right. the average person what Tesla did and they have no idea. Right. They say, is that a band? Is that a car? Yeah. The, the Tesla car company is still fairly recent. Um, if you went even 10, 15 years ago, you know, I would say, 90 plus percent of u.s citizens have heard of edison yes 15 years ago it might have been 50 percent maybe had heard of tesla or would would know who everyone tesla would was. say edison invented the light bulb which he didn't he perfected the light bulb right uh, but yeah so maybe he does win in that so we ended up with really only two main characters which i think is good that's where i, like I ended that. up with my short story my feeling is the less characters you have in a limited time period like this, the more depth you can add to them. And, and we've talked about different. this in the past. I think in this genre, setting is a character. I think setting True. is so important that True. our characters are Edison, Tesla, and the turn of the century. So question, would while this is going on, is electricity already in the setting? So, like, has some electricity already been... Some has, but it's not widespread. It's not okay. widespread. And so there wouldn't be street, street lights or anything like that. Um, only within a couple miles of a power plant, which there's not very many of. So we're just seeing it start. We're just seeing it start. And Edison's saying, I know that this is going to take over the whole country, and people are going to be paying power plants and electricity bills forever, and I want them paying me. I like the idea of, and I don't, I would have to do research on the science to see if this would be true or not, but I like the idea. So let's say uh, Edison's office is two miles from a power plant. He's right on the edge of where his DC or yeah, DC current no longer is effective. Yeah. And out, outside his office is a street lamp that flickers. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're right on the edge. Right, right on the edge. And that gives you this thing you can look at that shows the flaw that's, you know, the keystone to everything, um, you know, and it's it's flickering. And maybe, here's an idea. As mm -hmm. Tesla is fired, it's night. He swings mm -hmm. open the door and he walks out and he points at that light that's flickering and says, I have a solution for that. What do you think they're going to do? Build a power plant every two miles? Yeah, I like that. And then maybe taps his temple and walks away. Yeah, yeah, I like that. So I think that kind of fills up 
uh, most of our template. Um, so there were some other things we were going to hit, but I, I don't think they apply too closely. I think we've kind of hit everything. Um, so I would like to come up with a title and a one to two line description. So I have a couple titles in mind. Okay. Uh, so maybe we'll just kind of both spitball a few and see if any kind of rings see if true. It comes up. Um, one that comes to mind. I love involving theme in title. Uh, yeah. I'm big on that. So one title I have is Imposter. Ooh, I like it. Because that really is at the heart of the story. Um, another title, this would be just kind of a, one that would be, I don't know if it really fits the tone, but it's a recognizable thing, is just ACDC. ACDC, yeah. You know, that would be something, you know, maybe people would click on that a little quicker just because, oh, what's this about, you know? Um Oh, I love that band. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Thunderstruck. All right, yeah, let's go. <laughs> um, do you have any ideas for titles that might have come to mind? I had one, uh, Flickering Lights was one I thought mm, of. I like that. I thought about, you know, what if we could work in our hook somehow or something like that? Uh, right. Electrocuted Elephant, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. It definitely draws your attention, but you'd have to be clever you'd have to find a quicker way clever. you're right i think you know as we talk about title right here you want to think about what is my goal if your goal is to get clickbait that's different than someone reading your whole story and reflecting on the title and thinking ah yeah now yeah. I see how it all fits together that's a good point now if we're if we're following along with this role play we are submitting it to a judge right and the Judge is going to click on it no matter what. They have to. Right. So, to me, I think imposter I like in, in that scenario really – I think it's a way of telling the judge, this is what I want you to look for. Yes. Yeah. Uh, this is this was at the heart of our story. This is my first breadcrumb. Yes, exactly. That's a good way to put it. You know, At the heart of this story is there's a man who's afraid he doesn't belong. Um and I, I think I think we go with that. I think we go title imposter. Now with description, I like to keep it simple. It's I've been reading through the forums and people go a lot of different ways with description. Uh, I like the ones that are kind of short and sweet. So I'm trying to think. It's kind of this when you you know usually with description you might spend half an hour crafting the perfect right. sentence. So it, I don't want to throw anything out there too too rough, but we're on a podcast, so. <laughs> I just have to do it. So I like what your first sentence you already said. So I have Thomas Edison is afraid he doesn't belong. Nikolai Tesla is determined to make that happen. Ooh, I like that. I'm trying to think, is there one little thing? The only thing I think with that, that maybe I'd want to find some way of... And an elephant is going to die. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, what I was thinking is, I really like that. I really like that. So I think we build off that. I like the idea of combining that into one sentence somehow. And right. we say... I agree. You know, And then we have the second sentence that's more geared on Edison's downfall, Edison's insecurities. So re- read again what you said there. Thomas Edison is afraid he doesn't belong, which we wouldn't want to end with a adjective or whatever. Uh, right, right, right. Nikolai Tesla is determined to make that happen, which again doesn't, those don't match perfectly, but 
Yeah, no, I think uh, the idea think, is there. The idea is there. You play with it. You'd play with yeah. it. Play with it and play with it. And honestly, that standalone might might be good. Um, like just on its own, that might be enough. It tells the story and it hits on some themes. The only thing I was kind of thinking maybe we add on is something along like this story explores Edison's downfall or something. I, but I don't know how I would. I'd have to think about that a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> that's not right something along the lines of this is the turn of the century everything is changing but edison is not or Ooh. something along those lines Ooh, and like he gets a look at the future and it looks like tesla or something like that <laughs> yeah yeah i think i think we've got enough there that we can uh we can move on i think we'd be ready to start writing for sure absolutely uh, absolutely I think this is a really solid outline one thing i thought about doing here um, now that we wrap, wrap up, I guess before I do this, good job, John. I, I really liked how, I think this came together really nice. Did. I like this. This is a good yeah. outline. I think there's a good story there. So something I thought would be fun is on the forums, uh, there are four submissions in this category. And obviously I'm not going to read other authors work on the podcast or anything, but I thought I would just take a quick glance to see what other people did. So I'm going to read um just the the description yeah uh, of a few of these here let me uh get into it so one was called the telling mm-hmm. it said a young woman eager for a fresh start and down a downtrodden man pushed to the edge and a newly elected president visit the pan american exposition at the dawn of the 20th century oh that sounds pretty cool yeah so that one's interesting let me give credit the author is uh, her username is Jennifer Susan. Okay. Um, another one, the family dynamic. Give me just a second here. I got to load it into Google Docs. The family dynamic. Four brothers realize the need for change in their family business as the 20th century looms. That one's pretty vague, but I like yeah, it. Yeah, very vague. So far, we're beating both these people, no question. <laughs> I like it, we got too. Tesla, we got Edison. We got an elephant. There we go. Uh, that one's, I'm going to pronounce this wrong, but Stati93, maybe. Next one's from Steinmeister. It's called The Protectorate. It says, a young British soldier chafes under his orders in colonial age Kenya. Oh, that's an interesting twist. Yeah. His experiences transforming his ideas and personality as he follows a superior officer through the occupation. Ah, that's an interesting. It is an interesting. That's an interesting twist. And then uh, the last one here is just from username Jenny. It's called the theft of a lifetime. Hmm. It looks here that our synopsis begins with a quote. In quotes, it says, "Steal what you can and save yourself." Papa commands as the ship goes down. Little does he know what Dagny is capable of stealing. Interesting. That's a good hook. That's a good hook. I'm, I'm interested. I think we'll read that one later. Yeah, I think uh, I think of those four. Not to not to judge here, but I think the last one hooked me the most. I like yeah, that. I totally agree. Um, that was that was an interesting way to go about the synopsis. So, yeah. no no one else. So there's probably about thirty or sorry, is it thirty or forty? No, it's about thirty people in each group. So only okay. four people posted their story to. Um, the the forums but um just kind of interesting to see 
no one else went anywhere near where we what we were doing. <laughs> oh, um, no, no which, I don't know. Their stories, you know, may have evolved into something very cool, but but no one else was like you know Edison and Tesla because that yeah. was my biggest fear. Is like, and I think I wrote a pretty unique story in mine. But I'm like, I hope no one else wrote something too similar to mine. Uh, yeah, I feel like in these, a lot of the authors try to find a way to be unique, and you know, a British soldier in Kenya is pretty cool. Yeah, um, that is a that is a good twist. I like that. Yeah. So. Cool. Anyways, uh, we're at an hour and 12 minutes. So this is by far our longest episode we've ever recorded. If, if you stuck around with us this long, thank you. Um, again, if, if you enjoyed this episode, please let us know because we could just pick another number and do another one of these in a couple weeks or something. I think it's a good exercise for us, actually, too. It's fun. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. So uh, if you like this, please let us know. Um, thank you for tuning in. Uh, and, you know, not everyone has access to these forums, but you could very easily um, kind of randomize something like this for yourself. You know, think of, you know, a bunch of random characters, a random subject and, and a genre and, and play along for yourself. It's a really good exercise. So. Or get into a writing contest and do this. There you go. Yeah. So let me just one more time. It's, it's NYC midnight uh, is the one I got into. So you can, Google search NYC Midnight. They actually have five competitions every year. Let me look at what the other ones are. There, there's a short story competition, which is what I'm in. Uh, they do a flash fiction challenge, a micro fiction challenge, a screenwriting challenge, and a short screenplay challenge. So throughout the year, they do those five competitions. Uh, there is a cost to apply. Um, it's like 45 bucks or something like that. Uh, to me, it was a good investment. Yeah. There's something to be said for like when you invest money in something, you're more committed to actually do it. Yes. Um, so to me, that $45 was well spent because it got me writing again. Um, and I can honestly say even in just the week working on that story, I grew as a writer. Yeah. So to me, that's money well spent. So uh, check it out if you're interested. Uh, look into NYC Midnight and, and get in on one of their competitions. Um, John, any closing remarks? Anything like that? No. Make sure to follow us and uh, keep listening. It's been a good time. Thanks for tuning in and stay in progress, everyone.